Q&A Holes presents The Sea Report for Monday, March 1st, 2021. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening and welcome to another edition of The Sea Report. I hope everyone had a great weekend. I know I did. And uh, we are coming to you guys live on a Monday evening on the back of the heels of uh, CPAC this weekend and President Trump's address to the nation. Uh, He gave a two-hour, roughly, keynote address and um, basically spoke about the state of the union. Basically, I mean, basically, that's what he spoke about. Uh, Including everything that has uh, transpired in the month or so that Joe Biden has been um, illegitimately sitting in office and pretending to be the president, um, you know, wearing that earpiece around to make sure that uh, he can hear every single direction and repeat out loud if necessary. That is uh, that is the laughing stock president of the world right now. What I wonder how they'll refer to him um, like, I don't know, like geriatric joe i don't know i call him illegitimate joe so um i don't know that one will have to stick for me but geriatric joe i mean no we're not into ageism here you know not that we're uh being politically correct or anything like that but um it's uh it's 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 almost insulting to the community so anyways getting back on track with uh what i was saying here we had a great uh um, a great reception for President Trump at CPAC yesterday. Um, I was uh, I was watching it live. Of course, we streamed it here on Q&A Holes with the C. Did I say hello? Welcome to the C. Welcome to the C Report. Yes, I think I did. Anyways, uh, we streamed it live here yesterday on Twitch. And uh, I, I honestly wasn't expecting the president to speak at length. Um, but I was very glad that he did. And I thought uh, he said some very appropriate things, including that you know, he would be supporting America First candidates moving forward. I think there's uh, I think there's something else underfoot here that we Americans, especially we patriotic ones who've been um, patiently fighting and patiently waiting for the light of day to break free on the crest of freedom in this country and worldwide. Um, I, I think uh, I think uh, I think if we press forward ahead and uh, we continue to stay at the grind um, and not let up in spite of the fact that, optically speaking, Trump is out. I think, if anything, uh, yesterday's CPAC was evidence enough that Trump is not out. Um, And that even though he may have suggested a run in 2024, uh, but no official declaration. Uh, he definitely will be working with those and endorsing and representing those who will be running on an America First platform. Um, and and hopefully, because we can see so many of the snakes in the grass right now, and hopefully because of this resurgence, it will encourage those true patriotic Americans to step up um, and to uh, work to represent the people. I mean, like, um, I hear term limits actually are in works right now, which is excellent. Um, that was that was actually very... Um, I, can't, I do not remember the representative or senator that had, that was working on that. I'm sorry, I heard it on um, a different newscast earlier today. But um, the thing about it is, like, that's something that we should be looking at. Like, term limits for all branches of office, branch offices, all offices of government, <laughs> including senators and, uh, you know, congressmen uh, that need to uh, not be career politicians. Uh, if they want to be a lawyers, go be lawyering somewhere else. You don't need to be lawyering around Washington, D.C. for 40 or 50 years. Uh, if you want to be a lobbyist, go lobby some companies or governments in other countries. You don't need to be doing it here in the United States of America, or at least not in Washington, D.C. If you want to go lobby, I don't know, one of the top six uh, media companies, why don't you go lobby them, but leave our politicians and our governors and our statesmen alone. We don't need that. But anyways, okay. So um, that that was just a brief bit. Um, We may air some clips of the final day um, on uh, 
the tail end of the show today. Um, maybe Pompeo, a uh, few words from him, and also from Jim Jordan. He gave a brief, uh, a brief but fiery speech, of course, Jim Jordan style. And uh, we, of course, we aired we aired the full length of President Trump's speech yesterday. Um, uh, one thing, another thing, I would note to take away, um, which is important is uh, if you want to support Donald Trump and support his, I guess, his political, um, his PAC, um, if he makes one, I, I don't recall if he said it, but anyways, if you want to, uh, you'll want to d- donate directly to him. I think that's at his website. It might be donaldjtrump.com, but look that up and then you can go, you can go make sure that if you are going to make any type of monetary contributions, because there was a lot of word of hijacking of contributions and of slogans and of foundation, you know what I mean? Like, uh, for example, um, um, if any of you all are familiar with like the women for Trump and they had, uh, they had started the stop the steal, um, I guess movement, uh, organization group, whatever you want to call it. That was also doing like the bus, uh, the bus, um, the bus tours across America and stuff like that and giving speeches and they'd host like, you know, uh, like Laura Trump or like, um, Ivanka and stuff like that. So they had this stop the steal that was raising money and, and they were organizing rallies and speeches. And then this one other, um, I guess, Republican, uh, Republican or conservative, uh, I, I don't know what he is exactly, I just know that he has some uh, presence, <laughs> I guess you could say, in the conservative and the Republican uh, circles in Washington, D.C. and uh, around. And, and this individual, um, some of y'all may know his name is Ali Alexander or Ali Akbar. Anyways, <clears throat> because the Sea Report is a family-friendly show, we will not go into some of the details of Ali Akbar, needless to say. Um, and, and I saw this myself. He had set up a website for Stop the Steal as well and was accepting donations. And, uh, and, and if I'm not mistaken, um, there, were, there were people, including... including uh, There were people who also like uh, filed federal um, affidavits or complaints because of the fact that he had um, he had a he had a he was hijacking or he was misrepresenting um, and basically stealing the donations of people from everywhere uh, for this whole stop the steal. So that was just an example of why I say uh, Trump did say at the end of his speech. Um, you know, that if you were going to make donations to make sure you made donations, uh, directly to his organization. So anyways, that was, uh, one of the other points or highlights at the end of the, uh, of the speech at CPAC that I just want to point out before I continued. Um, cause I, I kind of did a recap afterwards, but it was a good speech. And like I said, it, it, it was really addressing to Americans um, and showing to them that he's not gone. And uh, he did say he would be back, but I guess we'll see in what form he'll he'll definitely come back. Um, people want him to run and people were just cheering for him. So it was it was a great evening. But maybe at the end of the show, we'll play some clips of Pompeo or, you know, um, Jim Jordan. But all right. So let's get into some news. How about that, guys? So how about we kind of stick along with some of this Trump news? So probably something that you guys might have heard of today um, is the fact that the Supreme Court has decided not um, not to hear the cases. Uh, I think it was Wisconsin and Arizona that Sidney Powell um, had up for them. So let's see what we got going on here. Oh, we'll sit. We'll get to that in just a sec. Let's see here. All right, so Supreme Court rejects Sidney Powell's lawsuits challenging election results in Wisconsin and in Arizona. Um, so that's uh, absolutely disappointing. Um, I'm going to play a bit of clip of an um, interview that she had here earlier today. Uh, but considering all the evidence that they had, like, um, it, it's it's rather... Well, I mean, it, it's totally disappointing. It's it's kind of infuriating. And it wasn't even, uh, there was not even like a really written uh, explanation as to why they weren't going to be hearing them. Um, it, it was just 
they just said that they weren't gonna they weren't gonna hear them so they weren't gonna consider them so uh that was disappointing in this article by jack phillips it says supreme court on march first formally rejected two of sydney powell's lawsuits that challenged the results of the november 3rd election the supreme court didn't offer any comment about dismissing the lawsuits one lawsuit was filed in wisconsin and the other in arizona the petition for writs of mandamus are denied, the Supreme Court stated. That's basically all there was to it. One of Powell's mandamus petitions stated a submission directly to this court seeking an extraordinary writ of mandamus is unusual, but it has its foundation. While such relief is rare, this court will grant it where a question of public importance is involved or where the question is of such a nature that is peculiarly appropriate that such action by the court should be taken. So uh, that was a that was an understanding of why, you know, um, it had precedence or why they should look at the cases. Uh, but um, there was no comment given even to any other reporters who have sought out a comment from the Supreme Court in regards to this. Um, Powell also announced that she had launched a super PAC dedicated to freedom of speech, constitutional rights, and the sacred right of free and fair elections. Powell in late January said she created the Restore the Republic Super PAC, which is an independent expenditure-only political action committee that may receive unlimited contributions and may engage in unlimited political spending on initiatives provided it doesn't coordinate directly with the campaigns or candidates. The American people deserve a voice that exposes and rejects the self-interest of political parties control of tech giants and the lies of the fake news, she said. Uh, meanwhile, after the January 6th Capitol breach, Twitter suspended the accounts belonging to a number of conservatives, including Powell. Powell, in a statement to the Epic Times at the time, said there was no warning at all about her Twitter being deleted, adding that it is stunning. Twitter's actions and those of banks who shut down accounts of people who went to D.C., our fascism in its purest form. It is a communist coup that has been long and well planned, she said in a January email. Um, the article closes. Powell, who successfully defended it, retired Army Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, was introduced by the Trump legal team in November 2020, although the team later distanced themselves from her and said she was now working independently. Separately, Dominion Voting Systems filed a $1.3 billion lawsuit against Powell, as well as similar lawsuits against Rudy Giuliani and Mike Lindell. Powell's lawyer, Lynn Wood, implied in statements last month that she did nothing wrong. And Powell has said to, the, uh, to that effect that uh, Dominion's uh, suing of her, it's, it's basically fake news um, in regards to what they're suing her over. So uh, it's, she's not even concerned about it, I heard in an interview with her. So let's go ahead and see if I can't get that going here. Just a moment. All right. Okay, so Sydney Powell spoke on um, uh, Sydney Powell spoke in regards to uh, the Supreme Court's decision uh, in this interview that she had today. But she also uh, talked about uh, some of the fraud. So I want to kind of play about a little bit about this because again, we are constantly being told by people of the left or the liberal media or legacy media or even your neighbors, even your friends, even your loved ones, that there was no evidence of um, of voter fraud of any type. And I feel for Sydney because when I was listening to this interview, uh, it, I don't I wouldn't say she's giving up because obviously there's still a lot of fight, but I mean, she has a, this super PAC that she's planning to do. And um, and also through that super PAC, she's planning to educate how to um, attack this at a local level. So the fight's not over yet for Sydney, but the disillusionment of how everyone is pushing this evidence aside. I think she says in one point that she feels like she's on another world because it's so hard in your face, but everyone is kind of sweeping this aside. And President Trump in his address did in fact address the, uh, the fraud and did in fact address the evidence, which I know there are people who would have thought it would have been smarter for him not to politically, but don't forget, President Trump went there and addressed everyone with the truth. And that is what is most important. So regardless of how they, um, the article I read pointed out how that had separated 
from um, Sydney, the Trump administration, uh, there was a reason for that. And I think everyone who remembers that narrative under remembers why there was a reason for her to separate from the administration. So that is not with shame, um, not with shame at all, because her representation is for the people of the United States of America. All right, so let's go ahead and get to Miss Sydney. Boom. Go girl. Oh, yes. I think overall more than 5,000 American wow. citizens stepped forward to do affidavits at great risk to themselves because people have yes. been harassed and threatened and, and everything else as a result of this. We had to get security for some people, which again should tell you that the problem is not on the side of the people coming forward. The problem is that, and, and look at the media and the social media, they're suppressing any sort of, of conversation about this. I think our last interview got thrown off YouTube, if I remember correctly, because within, I was talking about the mass. Minutes? Yeah, within because I was talking about the massive election fraud. Uh -huh. Well, I mean, what happened to the First Amendment? For four years, we had to listen to their <laughs> lies, their abject lies about Russia collusion. And it's the same people, essentially, that have pulled off this massive election fraud funded by now, incredible evil interests around the world, probably. Absolutely. Clarence Thomas said this is not a prescription for confidence. He added changing the rules in the middle of the game is bad enough. The decision that rewrites the rules seemed to affect too few ballots to change the outcome of the federal election, but that may not be the case in the future. These cases provide us the opportunity to address what authority non-legislative officials have to set election rules. Now, that was a very good, very cogent statement. Why are the others not figuring along with that? Because basically, any the uh, election is to be done by the state legislature, not by the courts and not by some voting official. Well, actually, Erskine, I thought that statement was, was weak. There is enough evidence in the cases before them or enough evidence in the public now to more than reverse the election in at least five states. One state, I can't remember which one right now, already took 177,000 people off the voter roll that shouldn't have been there when the margin of, of Biden victory in that state was less than that. Wow. And wow. that's just people taken off the voter rolls. That doesn't include the algorithm that was run to fractionalize votes and give 1.26 weight to Biden and only 7.3 weight to, or 7.4 weight to Trump. That doesn't include the votes that were flipped that we've, we're gathering more evidence of every day. That doesn't include the counterfeit ballots. It just leaves me virtually speechless that this flat-out coup has been allowed to happen in the United States of America that affects not only the greatest country in the free world, but the greatest country in the world that every freedom-loving human being around the world looks to as a beacon of hope and, and an example of how things should be. Now, Smart Max chairman is Lord Mark Malik Brown. He is George Soros's partner. He serves on the Open Society Board. Peter Neffinger is Atlanta Council president of Smart Mag. He's on uh, Biden's transition team. Uh, all of that is showing you who is behind this and who's working with this. And I want to mention this. We've got uh, General Flynn with us. And uh, General Flynn went. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and pause it there before we go into Flynn. But uh, Sidney Powell has been working hard um, for the American people in tandem with the Trump administration to expose the election fraud, uh, to run it through every proper means of legislation, um, you know, judiciary, to ensure that every stone is not uh, unturned and, you know, to make sure, well, to make sure that every stone is unturned, excuse me, and uh, to ensure that every, you know, I is dotted and T is crossed uh, and every avenue is is um, exhausted when it came to this election fraud case. And so she's still on that 
uh, trail. But um, again, we see uh, um, we see to the dismay of some of the uh, the Supreme Court um, Supreme Supreme Court justices, uh, we see that they are just throwing these cases out um, in spite of the fact that, as I wasn't even aware, it was five thousand Americans each signed affidavits, and that's on penalty of perjury. So if you're lying, you're going to jail or you're being fined. So I don't think that that's a risk that many people would want to take. I don't think that that's something that is realistic for 5,000 people to come forward and all of them, you know, um, all of them want to uh, to lie. Uh, first of all, if, if Trump's not popular, why would that many people need to lie about them anyways? Okay. So uh, let's see what we have up here next on our uh, news for tonight. Uh, this is also in, this is also in, uh, I don't think I have a, a visual for this one, but this is also in regards to um, some of the shenanigans going on at the Capitol, uh, the Capitol Day siege, the uh, false flag. The Oath Keepers member charged in planning Capitol riot now denounces militia groups as humiliated. Okay, so um, here we have, uh, let's see, we have a voter election fraud, and Sydney even lists, like, a whole slew of things that they did in addition to just, like, having these smart-o-matic machines and the Dominion machines, like, uh, you know, uh, changing uh, the vote, vote count number differential and, and, and ratios and stuff like that, and fractionalizing them and, and whatever else they were doing, flipping them in some cases, like they were doing a lot of things. And there was also the human error. Then there was also the, you know, the multi-feeding of the ballots. And there was also the miscounts and there were the fake counts. And then there were the, you know, the list goes on and on and on, you know, but then now we have this, this capital day, capital day insurrection this this false flag du jour that they dream up and they try and impeach a president for inciting something that now it seems that a member of the oath keeper had been a planning so i mean and and um i i i would hasten them to try and find the um the 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 communication between this oathkeeper and President Trump in conjunction with the the Capitol Day riot or whatever you have insurrection. Anyway, so this is just I honestly think this this story is another cover story. This this story is just another like it's just another. She says I'm not criminally minded person. This is Jessica Watkins is the name of this woman who's an oathkeeper. She's a bartender in Ohio, and she worked with a militia group, um, it says, um, in connection with planning the January 6th riot. Um, the defendant, Jessica Watkins, is reportedly one of the nine Oath Keepers who plotted the siege. At a pretrial hearing Friday, she said she will disband her local militia group and cancel her militia membership. I'm not a criminally-minded person, Watkins told a federal judge at the hearing. I am humiliated and I'm humiliated that I'm even here today. Um, federal Judge Amit Mehta ordered Watkins to remain in jail until her trial, saying she still presents a danger. There is a continued risk that once you are released, that you will reaffiliate yourself with these groups, Mehta told Watkins. Watkins pleaded not guilty to the four charges, conspiracy, destruction of government property, obstruction of an official proceeding and entering a restricted building. We're done with that lifestyle, Watkins said of her time in the militia group. I have a struggling small business. I did it out of love for my country, but I think it is time to let all that go and focus on my business. I think that everyone needs to know exactly what these guys planned. Like, everyone should know what their plan was, who was involved. I mean, are y'all going to make me do some digging? Jesus Christ, because it'd be interesting to note if this had anything, looked anything at all like what, like if their plan looked anything at all like what the mainstream media, the legacy media is telling us what happened. But the reason why I say this is like a cover story or a fluff story is because I think for one, it's uh, putting in the minds of all patriotic Americans that they should just get back to their normal day in life and it was just dumb. Um, uh, for two, it's, it's, it's probably misleading in several ways as to what kind of patriots they were, what they had in fact planned on doing. We don't know, you know, what they had planned on doing. Um, and, 
I don't know. I mean, it could have been a plant. These these people could have been. I mean, it, it says they're oath keepers. Now I know would oath keepers storm a capital, stop an electoral proceeding, and possibly injure people in the process? I don't think so. But then they were just misguided and hijacking the momentum of the support that turned out for President Trump when it came to um, um, their grievance with the way that our elected body was handling uh, the Constitution or mishandling the Constitution and legislation. Anyways, so that's just an interesting story there. That one actually came out of just the news. So uh, that was, uh, that was um, yeah. well, we'll see what happens next in that matter. Now, in, in another related story, and I think I do have... A little visual for this one. This gentleman here, his name is uh, Representative Mark Fincham. <coughs> he is from uh, Arizona. Now, Mr. Arizona, Mr. Arizona, Mr. Fincham is actually going to be suing Democrats for defamation because they accused him of treason and insurrection um, so let's just take a little bit of time. This is from the Epic Times. It says Arizona State House Representative Mark Fincham stated he's suing members of the Arizona House and Senate for alleged defamation and malice in the wake of the January 6th Capitol breach. So earlier in January, the Democrat members of the House and Senate sent a letter to the Department of Justice and the FBI accusing him, accusing accusing me of high treason, sedition, planning an insurrection, the overthrow of our government. Fincham, a Republican, told the Epic Times, um, all, pa all patently absurd, fallacious claims, but then they turned around and sent it to the media as if though it was factual. Well, in that, they committed malice. Fincham said that it stemmed from him going to the Capitol to hand an evident evidence packet related to the allegations of election fraud and irregularities to Representative Paul Gosser, another Republican of Arizona, so he could challenge the electoral vote during the joint session of Congress on January 6th. And I reached out to my lawyer friends and said, hey, this isn't right, he said. All I did was go to the Capitol to deliver an evidence packet to Representative Gosser, who in turn delivered it to Vice President Pence. I was exercising my franchise. First of all, it was my free speech, but even more importantly, representing my constituents. But Fincham said that he was never really there at the Capitol, and when he attempted to give his scheduled speech, the event got out of hand, leading to the breach. Going further, Fincham said he never got within a few hundred yards of the Capitol building. Very interesting, Mr. Fincham. I would like to know what time your presentation was to take place and where it was to take place because there were no stages set up at the Capitol and uh, it never got out of hand anywhere else except for like at the door of the Capitol. So, hmm, Mr. Fincham. Anyways, well, good for him. He's going to go ahead and sue them. He's going to sue the panties off of them for defamation. Um... Following the lead of Project Veritas, Mr. Fincham. Following the lead of Mr. Veritas. Um, Project Veritas. So, excellent work there. Good job. All right, and we're going to have one more story that's coming by way of Epic. And this is from Isabel Van Bruggen and Joshua Phillip. And I thought this one was actually kind of interesting, too. This is going to kind of... Uh, close up some of the quote uh, sorry that's coming next some of the uh the trump stuff that was this is kind of like old air stuff but we've talked about uh gina haspel in the past and you know i, I honestly don't think enough people have now i've heard people like you know like um like tori says talking about gina haspel and kind of like spilling the beans on how she slow walked the declassification and other information of crossfire hurricane documents so this way they could not prosecute. And now the Epic Times is finally reporting on it. So this comes from Cash. Well, 
This was written by Isabel Van Bruggen and Joshua Phillip. And the title of the article is Cash Patel, Former CIA Director Slow Walk Declassification of Crossfire Hurricane Documents. And a lot of these uh, interviews and stories are coming from CPAC from this weekend because, of course, all the conservatives landed in Florida to celebrate uh, the return of President Trump. Anyways, so... Um, The article says the release of critical documents related to Crossfire Hurricane, the FBI's investigation of former President Donald Trump's 2016 campaign was slow walked and in some cases blocked by CIA director Gina Haspel, former deputy national security advisor Cash Patel said in an interview on February 28th. Trump, on his last night in office, ordered the declassification of previously confidential documents related to the flawed counterintelligence investigation launched by the FBI in July 2016 to investigate allegations of Russian interference in the 2016 U.S. presidential election. Uh, Patel, who assisted the House Intelligence Committee in uncovering wrongdoing within United States intelligence in the probe, said Haspel worked to prevent key documents from being disclassified or declassified. Haspel resigned from the agency on January 19th without explanation. Of course... We all done heard about that firefight in Germany. All right. The institutional heads of places like the CIA and the FBI were always fighting the release of any documents and they would claim national security issues. You're going to harm a source or you're going to destroy your relationship, Patel told the Epic Times at the Conservative Political Action Conference in Orlando, Florida. As Richard Grinnell and I showed when he was DNI, acting director of U.S. National Intelligence, there was there's ways to do it to reveal the Ameri- to the American public the information while protecting those things. What we can't have happen is allow the CIA and the FBI to cover mistakes of a few selected individuals just because they're going to be embarrassed when they're revealed, Patel said. And that's what we proved over and over again when we did our disclosures. We didn't get all the documents we wanted. There's one specific report we did uh, there's one specific report we did that still remains classified that Gina Haspel prevented from being discla- declassified while we were there. So, you know, that's unfortunate. And hopefully one day people will go will get to see it all. Patel didn't elaborate on which report Haspel blocked from being dis- declassified. Last year, top Republicans in a letter expressed frustration over Haspel's failure to produce critical documents they requested pertaining to the FBI's probe. The CIA didn't immediately respond to requests by the Epic Times for um, response. The Crossfire Hurricane investigation was taken over in May 2017 by then special counsel and former FBI director Robert Mueller. By April 2019, he concluded that there was no collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia during the 2016 campaign and found no evidence of criminal conspiracy. So far, one FBI official, Kevin Kleinsmith, has been indicated in a probe by U.S. Attorney John Durham into the counterintelligence investigation. Kleinsmith, a former lawyer for the law enforcement agency, was charged with altering an email that was used in the surveillance of former Trump aide Carter Page. He was sentenced last month to one year of probation, a $100 fine, and 400 hours of community service, which is nothing for lying to the FISA courts. A part of the problem, Patel said, was the same people running the investigation and determining what documents could be declassified were some of the same people who potentially could have been called out, incriminated, or were part of the scandal themselves. This is the perfect example of what congressional oversight should look like. Congress is a different branch of government overseeing the executive branch, so that's what we were doing in the Russian investigation, Patel said. We were looking at the FBI and DOJ and CIA, but the problem is Congress doesn't have tremendous powers like the DOJ or FBI have. So they're able to institutionally protect themselves by just putting the guys in charge and saying, well, you're not you're not read into this and you can't be part of the declassification or the review of this material because it's out. It's outside your lane, he said. So it's very easy for them to neck it down and close it off, which is what they did. Hopefully they go after more than just Kevin Kleinsmith, Patel said. He just he's just a small piece of it. It went all the way to the top, and I think we're not able to show that because we don't have the ability to indict people. 
But what we do have is the following facts. Over 13 high-ranking FBI and DOJ officials were fired, resigned, or retired early as a result of our investigation. Now, that doesn't happen if you didn't do anything wrong. You don't just leave the department that you are a member of or lead, of or lead for decades unless you were able to prove enough abuse, which is what we successfully did. And I feel as a former prosecutor that some of that abuse was criminal. So that's something to think about, y'all. I mean, uh, I mean, all of it was criminal. Like, I think he's being very conservative in saying that because everything from the dossier, which was paid for by the DNC and the Hillary Clinton Foundation or Hillary Clinton, like that was fake. And that came from cheap bar talk somewhere in, you know, London. And then they create this dossier. And then what, McCain and... Uh, McCain's buddy over there, um, you know, Lindsey Graham, they had the dossier and they thought it was trash. And yet still, I mean, come on. I, I wonder if Graham knew where the dossier came from. I think they knew it came from Christopher Steele, but I'm not sure. It's I wanted to say Peter Steele. Do you all know who Peter Steele is? Anyways, okay. So Christopher Steele, who's probably nowhere near as <laughs> endowed as Peter Steele, uh, and, 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 you know, he, he acted like a little girl when it came to this whole Trump thing. So I guess I, I'm fair at saying that. And it is after dinner. So, you know, the kitty should be in bed. But anyways, as I was saying, um, you know, they, they knew that this was going on. Um, this was all totally criminal. Um, it was all paid for by Democrats and um, other other influential people. I think probably even George Soros is involved in there somewhere. And I'm not just crying wolf. It's it's probably true. And then uh, you have Klein Smith, who basically um, the the question was, is uh, is Carter Page uh, a Russian spy or is Carter Page uh, an American spy in Russia? And he basically put Carter Page was a Russian spy. So this way, when they asked him if, uh, you know, if Carter Page was someone that needs to be investigated, well, then they could use the FISA courts. And in fact, you know, Carter Page was in Russia spying for the Americans or something. To, it's something to that effect. You know, it, maybe it wasn't Russia. Maybe it was another country. But that's exactly what happened. And Kleinsmith lied about that in order to get the warrants going with the FISA courts on Trump and a, a lot more people. It wasn't just Trump that they went after and they were spying on, but that was the crux of it. So anyways, <clears throat> that's a very interesting article. I think it's something that we Americans need to reflect on when we want to think about what real, uh, what real, um, what real, uh, what do you call it? Uh, crim crimes, criminality, fraudulence, uh, scandal. Like this is, that's legit. Like that is legit high ranking, um, treachery right there. Like it's, it's treason and sedition. Okay. Maybe not sedition. All right. Our next story for tonight, we'll be talking about Mr. Cuomo. Um, Cuomo's been, I mean, he's a hot topic right now. What can you say? Like everyone, they are just dumping all over this man and he deserves it nonetheless. Okay. Let's see Mr. Cuomo here. Let's get him on the screen here. Let's make him bigger. Boop. So you can see, you can, <laughs> I'm going to leave them on the screen like this the whole time so you can see them nipple rings. Okay. Sorry um, if you are, uh, if you're listening on Spreaker, I apologize. But here on Twitch, you get Cuomo's nipple rings. And I do this. I know. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to punish the audience like this. But anyways. Okay. So what's next for Cuomo? So now he has two aides who are coming out and, you know, uh, he made advances towards them. One of them he touched. Um, and, and so that's going down and then, um, he's trying to set up his own special counsel for his own case in regards to this harassment, this harassment. Cuomo's like, I'm going to choose the attorney or whatever. Anyway, so the New York attorney, a general, Letitia James, she rejects his proposal. <laughs> um, she says, uh, this one, I, I, well, I mean, this, this is actually kind of everywhere. It's on Fox news. It's on Breitbart. It's on Epic times. Uh, she says to clarify, do not accept the governor's proposal. The state's executive law clearly gives my office the authority to investigate this matter. Once the governor provides a referral. 
So Cuomo's office released a statement on February 28th asking James and Janet DeFiore, a chief judge of New York's Court of Appeals, to jointly appoint an independent lawyer to investigate the harassment allegations from Lindsay Boylan, the former deputy secretary of economic development and special advisor to Cuomo and Charlotte Bennett, another former aide to the governor. Um, so we'll see where this goes for him. Um he was going to try and pick this person, I guess. In this article, it says New York Andrew Cuomo's team on Sunday appears to be backing away from their pick to oversee an investigation into sexual harassment allegations against him after State Attorney General Letitia James, the White House, and other people demanded the probe be conducted independently after a second former aide stepped forward. Yeah, like, how could you expect, how could this guy expect people to think? That, that they would allow him to select his own, like, I don't know, prosecution team. <laughs> like, that's stupid. <laughs> like, that makes no sense, Cuomo. Like, you are really reaching there. God, he must be. Look at, let this, let you, let this. Let, may you know the face of a man who's drowning. That's just me right here. I can't even get the words out of my mouth. I think I'm just so focused on those nipple rings. I think I need to get them off the screen. Oh, ho, ho. that's going to take us to our next story. And that one's going to be a fun one. But first, before we get to that, um, uh, just so you know, Cuomo has hired a criminal defense lawyer by the name of Elkin Abramovitz. Abramovitz. Yeah. Um, a one-time federal prosecutor. And um, he was representing the executive chamber. He will be Cuomo's um, attorney, it looks like, or that's who he's uh, he's going after. Elkin Abramovitz, a one-time federal prosecutor, confirmed he was representing the executive chamber, which comprises the governor and his closest aides in both the sexual harassment and nursing home matters. So this guy's going to be handling both those cases. And that's one thing I was wondering about. I was like, I hope they're not throwing out all of these sexual allegations just to cover up the nursing home matter because no one did it masterfully as Governor Mercy over in New Jersey when he legalized marijuana recreationally and for everybody. Just so this way you wouldn't really go nosing around into any of them COVID investigations. Uh, he's going to pacify his constituency. Um, we know uh, such is not the luck in uh, Michigan as uh, Governor uh, Whitmer is already getting um, snooped around in regards to some of her mandates and uh, nursing homes and COVID patients. Um, but now it seems that this, my friends, and this is after, you know, several individuals have been talking about it for quite some time. This story is becoming national that there was more people, more states than just Governor Cuomo that did this. Uh, we're talking about four other states in addition to New York. I know we've mentioned it here before on the Sea Report. Uh, but here you have uh, Governor Murphy of uh, Pennsylvania. I'm sorry, that's not Governor of Pennsylvania. That's Tom Wolf is the governor of Pennsylvania. Governor Murphy is the governor of New Jersey. You have Governor Gretchen Whitmer of uh, Michigan. And you have Governor Newsom of California. 40% of all COVID-19 attributed deaths would not have happened if not for the nursing home orders of these five governors. So that's something that the national media is finally starting to touch on. It's light that is finally starting to be broken on right in the wake of Governor Cuomo's um, fall from grace. This uh, COVID poster child, Emmy winning governor, killer Cuomo. And uh, his minions, I would say these are his minions, but that guy in the middle there, or is it, I think, I think he's the one in the middle, Governor Murphy, like the one that he, he literally legalized recreational, he just, I mean, smart man, I mean, killer man, killer instinct, smart man. You still won't get prosecuted. All right. Uh, so let's see what uh, this article from Breitbart has to say. Four Democrat governors enacted similar nursing home policies as Governor Andrew Cuomo, Democrat of New York, did in 2020 amid the coronavirus pandemic. The governors of Michigan, California, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania approved similar policies as fears grew that new patients would overwhelm hospitals. Governor Gretchen Whitmer, dis, uh, Democrat of Michigan, 
uh, issued an order that a long-term care facility must not prohibit admission or readmission of a resident based on COVID-19 coronavirus testing requirements or results. The policy was renewed three times before being rescinded in July of 2020. Governor Gavin Newsom, Democrat of California administration, ordered on April 10, 2020, that patients hospitalized or receiving treatments at an alternate care site with COVID-19 can be discharged to a skilled nursing facility when clinically indicated. Governor Phil Murphy, Democrat of New Jersey, approved a directive from State Health Commissioner Judith Pershilly uh, that said no patient could be denied admission or readmission to a nursing home solely based on a confirmed diagnosis of COVID-19. A patient may not be discharged until diagnostic test results have confirmed whether he or she be discharged. However, nursing homes cannot be requ- cannot require a discharged patient to undergo a coronavirus test as a prerequisite for a admission to the nursing home as long as doctors conclude the patient is medically stable. Governor Tom Wolf, a, D- a Democrat of Pennsylvania, enacted a mandatory admission policy in March saying nursing care facilities must continue to accept new admissions and receive readmissions for current residents who have been discharged from the hospital who are stable. President Joe Biden nominated Pennsylvania transgender health official Rachel Levin, old potato head, um, Fozzie Bear herself, who worked under Wolf for Assistant Secretary of Department of Health and Human Services on January 19th, 2021. Interesting, Mr. Wolf. It's very interesting to see what kind of people you like to work on top of. All right. While working as a health secretary for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, Levin drew criticism for allowing stable coronavirus patients to return to nursing homes during the pandemic, receiving blame for the virus skyrocketing among the elderly in those facilities. Levin's mother, however, left a nursing home facility at her child's behest despite the department's guidance to admit stable patients who had contradicted the virus. Okay, I'm going to put a pause right here because now I just felt my blood boil a little bit. So we have this potato head, Fozzie Bear, Muppet, transgender man-woman who I guess was working under um, uh, Tom Wolfe in Pennsylvania who's been nominated to be like assistant secretary to the health and human services nominee Bercera, who is okay with abortions and charged sued nuns for not uh, providing abortions uh, to, you know, people and their little um, sisters of, uh, what was it? Little sisters of, uh, of the poor foundation or, or home. God, these people are all so corrupt. So this, this, this transgender Fozzie, whatchamahoosits, um, has no issue with giving sexual reassignment and hormones to parentless children on the streets if they're confused about their sexual orientation. We're talking about kids under 18 who are not hormonally developed and they have no one to call, you know, their guardian, no parent. No one in their world to take care of them or represent them. And this man thing cannot even say that she disagrees with it being okay to administer hormones or sexual reassignment to these minors if they are confused on their gender orientation. And now we find out that this transgender snuffleupagus whatsamahoojit like we find out that she uh she was also at the lead of this send people to their death in nursing homes but my mama's coming home but your mama and your dad and your grandma and your grandpa and your aunt and your nurse and everyone they're gonna be in the nursing home with covid positive patients that are deemed stable what does that mean in an environment where everyone's immune system is unstable. Huh? What does that mean? But this Levine, Leviathan, Rachel, Ray, Ray Levine, 
Your mom comes home, is probably still alive. You order everyone else's to their death, and then you chop the genitals off of, like, minor children who have no homes. What is this administration going to do in the next four years? I'm absolutely curious, and I am just... (laughs) That got my blood boiling just a little bit, y'all. Sorry about that. Okay, no apologies for my words on the man thing that is currently being nominated for HHS... Speaking of a jacked up administration, there was a yet another uh, article in regards to Biden and his administration and how uh, it's not very, what's the word, transparent. Uh, Something is haunting the town. Adam Longoria has gone missing, and his sister claims she's been seeing a bad man in the shadows. Jesse Bachman confronts a terror that is haunting the town of Suval, but will he be able to stop a pure evil that wants him dead? Get the chilling new novella by Michael Aaron Cassidis, author of The Distance to the End. A trick of the eyes, a stunning new work of horror that is keeping readers turning the page. Get a trick of the eyes anywhere books are sold, online or in stores, ask for it by name. A trick of the eyes by Michael Aaron Casares. This one came from Bowen Cho. The Biden administration isn't releasing the names of those attending its White House virtual meetings despite recent calls from political groups for more transparency. So now they're not going to be transparent in, in, in light of them also uh, hiring people that have like, I don't know, a very questionable moral sense and compass. While the White House has previously committed to releasing in-person visitor logs, virtual meetings have since become the main mode of interaction amid the CCP Chinese Communist Party pandemic. An unidentified White House official confirmed to Politico that the Biden administration wouldn't release the virtual logs. Virtual meetings will not subject to release in the same way the previous administrations did not release phone logs. I'm going to stop here again, too, because I'm finding like even earlier I saw this interview with Jen Psaki and she was like the previous administration didn't do it either. And then Biden's just destroying everything that the previous administration did. It's like everything that they do is based on what the previous administration did. Don't y'all have y'all's own self-identity? Like, do you really have to do everything based off a previous administration? I don't think you guys have any clue. I don't think y'all have any idea. I think think y'all guys are probably running the Trump plan still, honestly. Anyways, so... Biden's refusing to release visitor logs. Um, I guess it's because the administration didn't release phone logs. But I mean, they're having virtual meetings, apparently, you know, like and and they're having virtual people visit the White House. Uh, According to this article, there's a group called Open the Government. And they sent a letter to the White House in February calling on the administration to change course and immediately begin preparing virtual visitor logs for public release. It said here in the statement, all visitor logs, whether for in-person visits or the virtual meetings that have replaced them during the pandemic, should be made available online in a searchable, sortable, downloadable database that includes the name and affiliation of each visitor, the date of the visit, the name of the person being visited, and a general description of the reason for the visit, the letter states. I mean... That should be a given, I would think. Anyways, it continues, the the issue of virtual visits also raises important records management questions as materials associated with virtual meetings clearly constitute presidential records according to presidential records acts, the letter says. More than a dozen other transparency and ethics organizations signed the letter, which was delivered to the White House legal counsel Dana Remus. Open, the government's also requested a meeting with the administration to discuss additional presidential records related to recommendations many of organizations made in our Accountability 2021 agenda and elsewhere. Some of the recommendations include restricting the use of disappearing messages, message apps for government businesses, and modernizing records management systems. 
So I guess some uh, record, I guess some government businesses use Snapchat to send their messages. That's very convenient, I would say. Very, very convenient. All right, let's see what we have up here. We're almost at the top of the hour. Uh, I think the last story we'll do for tonight is another uh, another hit throwback to uh, one of Biden's biggest problems. And this is going to be one of his biggest problems going forward. And that's going to be the amount of pushback this man is going to receive from his immigration policies. They are disastrous. They are scandalous. They are downright criminal. They are totally un-American and they have no sense of America first in them. I mean, I get it. But this is this issue is is so conflated, it's unrealistic at times. But now we see here 500 migrants apprehended in a single day in one Texas border sector. This article comes from Bob Price, Rio Grande Valley Sector Border Patrol agents apprehended more than 500 migrants in a single day. The apprehensions took place along a small section of the border with Mexico near Mission, Texas. McAllen Station Border Patrol agents working the border near Mission, Texas on the night of February 24th encountered a single group of 130 migrants. The majority of the migrants were families and unaccompanied minors, according to information obtained from Rio Grande Valley Sector Border Patrol officials. Officials said large groups of migrants crossing the border uh, to surrender to law enforcement have once again become commonplace in this small section of the border. The agents conducted immigration interviews and identified the migrants as having come to the United States from El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. Earlier that day, agents received information from the Hidalgo County Sheriff's Office regarding a suspected human smuggling stash house near Mission. As the agents and deputies arrived at the location, some of the suspect migrants began to flee. Agents found 36 people inside a small area inside the makeshift residence. During the initial screening, the agents found two of the migrants exhibiting flu-like symptoms. Another migrant appeared to be uh, suffering from epilepsy. Officials reported this group came to the United States from El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Mexico. A video tweeted by Rio Grande Valley Sector Chief Patrol Agent Brian Hastings shows the makeshift nature of the stash house utilized by human smugglers to warehouse their human cargo. Even with the spread of the COVID-19 virus, human smugglers continue to try these brazen attempts with zero regard for the lives they endanger nor the health of the citizens of our great nation, Rio Grande Valley Sector officials said in a written statement. Very interesting. So, yep, and this is going to continue to see the practice. What we already have thousands coming in caravans to the borders of the United States, um, whether it be California or Texas, Arizona. They're all coming for us uh, because they uh, they know that they will get benefits. They will get everything they need. They will get. They will probably get an income tax check, even though they don't, you know, officially work. For the federal government and they're getting all their money under the table they're uh destabilizing wages for american workers and devaluing devaluing the work ethic of the american worker basically by accepting lower wages so i mean yeah that's a doozy for you and that's what we're going to continue to see and i do believe that's continued to be the one of the main pitches against this uh communist insurrection that is now in power Ill- illegitimately Optically speaking, in the White House, um, again, we know, based on the address that Trump, President Trump gave yesterday, that uh, the true power still lies with the patriots. And we're going to continue to see this horse and pony show the Democrats put up to us with all of their spiked media pundits. Until then, though, it should be an interesting ride. I should play that clip of Joe Biden gaffing again in texas but i won't all right ladies and gentlemen that'll do it for the c report for monday february uh we're in march my bad this is march 1st 2021 who would have known the first quarter of the year would go this quick let's see what april brings us as you know what is that what is that fun saying about uh april showers and mayflowers and birds singing in the spring 
We'll see what happens. All right, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check us out at QAholespodcast.com and join us tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern Time live here on Twitch for a special report with Magadon. And then we will be back on Wednesday live with the call in show here on Twitch, the QA Holes Podcast. And Monday through Friday, catch breaking news with Joe One of Two and the Sea Report. We'll see you guys at another time. Until then, have a great night and be safe. We will make America great again. You are they horse. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. You and they hold it. You and they hold it.